98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The top stories. Hong Kong reports zero local COVID cases as representatives of businesses battered by the pandemic go on a hunger strike. Police announce their largest cocaine seizure in a decade and a former NPC Standing Committee member says Beijing's overhaul of the SAR's electoral system may bring universal, universal suffrage earlier. Health authorities have reported zero new local coronavirus cases in Hong Kong today, with all seven new COVID infections coming from people who'd arrived here from overseas. A relay of hunger strike has been launched by representatives of businesses forced to close during the pandemic. Wendy Wong reports. Those taking part come from the bar, karaoke and mahjong parlour trade. Having been ordered to close to prevent the spread of COVID-19, they now want to reopen and government compensation. The president of the licensed bar and club association of Hong Kong, Ben Leung, is one of the organisers. He said the sector was really struggling, with bars having been ordered to close for more than 200 days over the past 12 months. He said even though there were crowds everywhere during the Easter holiday, they still could not reopen. The action will last until Wednesday. Participants will abstain from food for 6 to 12 hours at a time. Police say they've made the largest cocaine seizure in a decade, seizing over 700 kilos of cocaine in Sha Tin, with a street value of about 900 million Hong Kong dollars. Two men, aged 19 and 25, have been arrested for drug trafficking. They'll appear at Sha Tin Magistrate tomorrow, Natalie Ching reports. Senior Superintendent of the Police Narcotics Bureau, Ng Kwok Jung, said officers had intercepted a man outside a four-ton industrial building on Friday, finding 165 kilos of cocaine on a trolley. Police then found 500 kilos of the drug inside a unit at the building. The next day, officers stopped another man and seized 46 kilos of identically packed cocaine, this time inside a Shatin residential building. The force says the pandemic has forced drug smuggling gangs to change their strategy. It said previously, gangs had intended to bring drugs into Hong Kong in small batches, but now, traveling restrictions had forced them to smuggle in bulk. A former National People's Congress Standing Committee member has said Hong Kong might get universal suffrage earlier once the electoral system has been changed. Rita Fan said Beijing's overhaul of the electoral system had eased concerns about sedition and treason. She said there might be a special nomination process, but everyone would have a vote. Earlier, Chief Secretary Matthew Zheng dismissed concerns that Beijing's overhaul of Hong Kong's electoral system amounted to a regression, saying the changes had plugged loopholes that undermined one country, two systems. Writing on his blog, Mr. Jung said Hong Kong's political system had been given a fresh start and the city would no longer get embroiled in endless political disputes. China's top anti-graft watchdog says a former chairman and head of the Communist Party at state defence giant Norinco is under investigation for suspected undisclosed disciplinary violations. The term is often used by the authorities as a euphemism for corruption. Robert Kemp has more. The Central Commission for Discipline Inspection said Yin Jia Xu was suspected of serious violation of laws and regulations. Mr Yin joined Norinco in 2002 and chaired the company between 2013 and 2018. The major military industrial group provides weapons and technical support to the People's Liberation Army and is also engaged in the oil and gas sector. Under President Xi Jinping, China has been engaged in an aggressive anti-corruption campaign for several years. 
Flash floods triggered by heavy rain have left at least 44 people dead on the Indonesian island of Flores and in the neighbouring state of East Timor. In one village in eastern Flores, a mudslide buried dozens of houses. Police in central India have confirmed that at least 22 security personnel have been killed in a gun battle with Maoists in the state of Katiskar. An elite police commando unit was ambushed by the left-wing rebels yesterday in a forested area in the district of Bijapur. From Delhi, the BBC's Ambarasan Etirajan. About 10 years ago, the Maoist attacks used to be quite frequent. And in the last few years, the security forces, they said they carried out a number of operations and they have killed senior leaders of these uh, left-wing rebels. And uh, they were almost on their way out. But, uh, you know, this came as a big surprise for the security establishment. And in fact, last month, there was another incident when a police vehicle hit a roadside mine, killing about five troops in the same area. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Germany is to tighten restrictions for those arriving from the Netherlands from Tuesday, declaring it to be a high-risk area because of the coronavirus. Travellers from the Netherlands were already expected to quarantine for 10 days. The BBC's Danny Eberhard has this report. Germany now considers half its European Union partners high-risk in terms of coronavirus. Overland travellers from all such countries must get tested before they enter as is the case for all people arriving in Germany by air. Cross-border commuters will be exempt. Germany recently decided to lift temporary border controls for the Austrian region of Tyrol, imposed because of fears about the South African variant. But it's keeping them for its land border with the Czech Republic, where infection rates are particularly high. The British government is planning a series of pilot events in England that will accept large crowds, but those being admitted will have to prove they've been vaccinated or are COVID-free. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the COVID status certification scheme will help people return to the things they love, but 40 MPs from the governing Conservative Party have warned vaccine passports could be divisive and discriminatory. Pope Francis has called on the international community to overcome delays in the distribution of coronavirus vaccines, especially for the poorest countries. The Pope called vaccines an essential tool in the fight against the pandemic. From Rome, the BBC's Mark Lowen reports. In front of a small, socially distanced congregation in St Peter's Basilica, Pope Francis used his Easter Urbi et Orbi message to the city and the world to give solace to the victims of the pandemic. He spoke of those who had lost lives, jobs and the young missing out on school, university and friends. The Pope called for an end to vaccine delays and for their distribution to the poorest countries. And then he focused on the world's trouble spots, from Myanmar to Yemen, Nagorno-Karabakh to Mozambique. Dozens of young activists in Myanmar have decorated Easter eggs with anti-coup slogans and pictures as part of a coordinated social media campaign. Some protesters were seen handing out the eggs in Yangon, but most posted anonymous photos in a bid to attract international attention while avoiding police brutality. More than 550 people have been killed since the February 1st coup. 
the mother of Prince Hamza of Jordan has spoken out after he said he'd been put under house arrest and other senior figures were detained. In a tweet, Queen Noor said she was praying truth and justice would prevail for all the innocent victims of what she called wicked slander. Prince Hamza accused Jordan's leaders of corruption and incompetence. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has more details. There's still considerable uncertainty over what exactly has happened in Jordan and how deep any alleged plot against the authorities may have gone. The official media has warned that no one is above the law and that there are red lines that must not be approached, let alone crossed. There's been no further communication as yet from Prince Hamza himself after the incendiary video he managed to get to the BBC. But his mother, Queen Noor, the fourth wife of King Hussein, has spoken out on social media. Sport now, and in tonight's early English Premier League matches, Southampton beat Burnley 3-2 and Newcastle have drawn two all at home with Tottenham. One of the oldest rivalries in sport resumes today as Cambridge and Oxford universities go head-to-head in the annual boat race. The traditional showdown was cancelled last year with the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, but it's now back, although it will take place as a closed event with footpaths to the area closed. The BBC's Nestor McGregor has details. This year's event will break from tradition and history. It won't be held on the River Thames, but in Ely in Cambridgeshire. In the men's race, this will be meeting number 166. Cambridge have been winners 84 times. The course may be shorter, the water's less predictable, and the banks of the river may not be lined with thousands of fans. But the crews picked to represent their universities will be out to ensure it's their names written in the history books. A Japanese swimmer has qualified for the Olympics just a year after completing treatments for leukemia. Rikako Ikeye burst into tears when she realised she'd come first in the 100 metres butterfly trial, landing her a place on Japan's medley relay team. Ikeye was once Japan's top female swimmer, coming fifth in the 2016 Olympics at the age of 17. She won several international golds before discovering she had cancer. And now to end the news, the top stories once again. Hong Kong reports zero local COVID cases as representatives of businesses battered by the pandemic go on a hunger strike and police announce their largest cocaine seizure in a decade. And that's the news from RTHK. Top five band of all time.
seats are rows above the noise and confusion. Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion, I was soaring ever higher.